Welcome to another vital message from Pastor Ron Hammonds, Senior Pastor of Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Southeast Texas. We're so glad you're joining us. For more information about Golden Triangle Church on the Rock Ministries, visit our website, cotr.com. Enjoy the word. I've invited uh, Ethan Wells to come and sit with me today. I did this impromptu uh, uh, to sit with us this evening so that we can uh, just uh, have a little conversation and banter back and forth. He's not sure what we're going to banter back and forth about, but uh, Ethan is never caught shorthanded. Ethan is our junior high pastor. And uh, so, uh, Ethan, how is it being a junior high pastor here at Church on the Rock? You know, you, you, you're getting in the groove of things? And yeah, it's pretty fun. You know, you get... Everything that you can do, you get to preach, you get to play games, you get to have parties, you get to have pizza. What's better? <laughs> there you go. Pizza and preaching. There you go. There that's, you a, go. that's a good deal. Well, tonight we're going to be going to the book of Mark. And again, God bless all of you who are, you know, uh, trying to stay warm. We're having some electricity out, you know, uh, 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 rolling uh, electricity outages. Are they called blackouts, brownouts? I'm not sure. I don't know. Kind of got to be careful saying colors these days. So anyway, whatever it is, you know what it is, all right? But at any rate, these rolling electrical outages, especially in the state of Texas, I heard something very funny today. Well, ironic, I suppose. And that is that 25 to 30% of Texas power is supplied by wind turbine generators because we're a part of that, you know, uh, you know, getting on the green, new green deal kind of stuff, you know. We're going green. Texas, very proud of it. Right up until the point to where those wind generators froze and stopped. <laughs> oh, somebody wasn't looking real far down the road right there, huh? Definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear what they had to do to unfreeze them? No, what'd they have to do? They, well, first of all, uh, they had to get some um, petroleum-based de-icer and get a helicopter. Is which, that green? Well, I don't know. <laughs> and fly up there and spray them, hoping to de-ice them. Isn't it amazing when the, then when the petroleum industry has to come to the rescue of the solar energy rescue? Well, uh, it shouldn't surprise you. And, uh, you know, listen, this is 2021. Why in the world don't we have electricity <laughs> everywhere and more than enough? If you want to find something to pray about, pray about that one, okay? But I thought that was kind of uh, ironic. Yeah, and uh, so I bet by next year or, you know, the next cold snap, we don't find ourselves this way. I bet so. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm hoping so. You know, uh, one time is, uh, is enough. Well, if you have your Bibles, we're going to be going to Mark chapter 9. Okay, Mark chapter 9. Uh, I'm going to be reading off my phone tonight. Uh, I, can, I can see it a little bit better. And in Mark chapter 9, uh, Ethan, this is, a, this is a time when Jesus had taken his disciples up to a place that's north in Israel. It's a place called Caesarea Philippi. It's known today as Banyas. It's uh, at the headwaters of the Jordan River. It's where, you know, uh, I've, I've gone up there before. Maybe some of you have gone with me. And, and uh, it, it, it's right where the spring uh, comes out of this mountain area, you know, and right at the bottom of it. And there's water coming out. And that's where the Jordan River starts. And then it flows all the way down into the Sea of Galilee and then on farther south into the Dead Sea. Well, it's at this place in Caesarea Philippi 
where Jesus chooses three of his disciples, Peter, James, and John. I found it interesting that Jesus, uh, you know, he had 12 disciples, but he also favored three of them more than the others. And uh, you, you ever wonder why that is? I don't know. I thought the same thing whenever you look back at it. It's always Peter, James, and John, and then it always felt like there was always this more of a connection with John and Jesus. You yeah. So. Well, you know, John is the one the Bible says that the, the disciple that Jesus loved, and it's John that he gave, you know, responsibility for his mother over. Mm -hmm. uh, these three guys, I, I don't know for sure, but it certainly gives us the indication that, you know, there are some people uh, close to Jesus, there are some people closer, and yet other people even closer. And uh, I don't know whether that's all Jesus' choice or whether, you know, it's something that we have something to do about. But at any rate, following him is our responsibility, and him choosing us to do something special is his choice. Well, they are at this place called Caesarea Philippi. And there's a, there's a, there's a mountain there. And Jesus took Peter, James, and John up on that mountain. And when they got up there on the mountain, uh, Moses and Elijah. The Bible says that, that, that Jesus, you know, they saw Jesus in his glory. He was transformed. He just, he, all of a sudden he became, you know, uh, bright, I'm, I'm going to imagine, shining, uh, glorified. I mean, like, uh, you know, uh, uh, they saw him clothed in glory. And they recognized that. But they also saw Moses and Elijah with him. Some of you might remember reading that account in Mark chapter 9. Uh, it says in verse 2, Now after six days Jesus took Peter, James, and John and led them up on a high mountain apart by themselves, and he was transfigured before them. His clothes became shining, exceedingly white, like snow, such as no launderer on earth can whiten them. You know, I, I mean, I can imagine his brilliance, just brilliant bright, you yeah. know. Uh, and, you know, uh, uh, it didn't seem to really make them afraid, but it did, um, you know, uh, well, it left them without knowing what to say. Uh, we'll see that in just a moment. And then in verse number uh, four, the Bible says, And Elijah appeared to them with Moses. And they were talking with Jesus. Now, here Moses and Elijah appear on this mountain in that same glorified manner, I'm imagining. And then you have Peter, James, and John standing over here. Uh, uh, Moses and Elijah. Why Moses and Elijah, you reckon? You know? I'm not sure, but I'm just imagining if I was uh, James, John, or Peter, I would just be in awe. Because one, you get to see Jesus in all his glory. But two, you also have Moses and Elijah, and that's just like that added plus. It's like a, it's like a boy band that just reconnected again. And so <laughs> yeah. everything's back together. Oh, yeah. You know, here uh, uh, Moses, of course, we know Moses to be that lawgiver. You know, he gave the law. When I think of Moses and I think of the law, I think of conservative because the law is very conservative. When I think of prophets, I think more of liberal, you know, because Elijah, uh, you know, uh, you know, more than just following that table of stone, Elijah, you know, was, was uh, you know, a, a living, a, a, you know, I just see him that way, conservative and liberal. Here we have the law 
and the prophets and Jesus. Now, through this process, as we read this, we're going to find a few interesting things. But let's suffice it to say right now that there is a place in the Word of God and a place in our lives and a place in today for the conservative and for the liberal. Both of those at times are necessary. At times, you know, we need something that's written down that does not change, that is never, and sometimes we need a fresh word that, that, that takes us off the page of our experience. Like, you know, Peter had whenever, uh, in, in, in Acts, whenever God let down that sheet out of heaven. And, you know, Peter, in following the law, you know, the voice from heaven said, Peter, kill and eat. But in that sheet, there were all manner of beasts, clean and unclean. And Peter said, no, not so. Mm -mm. Well, he went back up, came down a second time, kill and eat. No, you know, third time. And finally, the voice from heaven, God's voice said to Peter, Peter, listen. You know, I'll paraphrase this. You have limited yourself by only what you know and what you are comfortable with. And listen, you know, Peter said, well, I've never eaten anything unclean. And God said, what I have cleansed, let no man call unclean. Because Peter's understanding of the law, Peter's understanding of the word that he was, you know, taught and married to and serving, his understanding was, is that, that the Gentiles were unclean. And God was about to send him to a people that he needed a little, he needed to get outside of his box and receive a fresh word from God, a fresh perspective on God. You know, and that's exactly what Jesus is going to bring to this, you know, uh, to this equation. Uh, thank God for the law, thank God for the prophets, but Jesus is bigger than anything, you know, bigger than, uh, and there's a place and a time for uh, we see all throughout the Word of God that it's important that we have something stable to hold on to that's unchanging, that's a foundation. But yet it's also important that, that when we're told to walk on water, that we just push aside all of the things that we have known, all of the things that we have experienced, and we get out there and walk on water. Now, the Spirit of God will never go against the Word of God, but... It might shine a new light on the Word of God, a new perspective that we have not seen, like it did for Peter, mm -hmm. you know? Now, you mean the Gentiles? Peter later would say, when he got to Cornelius' house in Acts, the 10th chapter, verses, you know, the, the, the latter part of those verses, 44 through 48 or so, that, that uh, just, just before verse 44, Peter said, I can see, I, I understand now, God is no respecter of persons. I didn't know that before. Now I do. Why? Because of a, um, a spiritual, visionary, let's call it prophetic, uh, 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 new perspective that came to him more than just that cold stone mm -hmm. where the law was written. Uh, we see that somewhat today. Liberals, conservatives, and many people you know, dividing into camps. Almost as though that liberal is an ugly word or conservative is a cuss word. You know, people want to put you in a, you know, that's what they did in the first church. You remember in, in the church at Corinth, the apostle Paul wrote and said, one of you says that I'm of Cephas. One of you says that I'm of Apollos. One of you, oh my goodness, come on. You know, 
let, let me say what the Apostle Paul said to the church in Corinth in terms like this. It wasn't the Democrats that died for you on the cross. It wasn't the Republicans that died for you on the cross. That's what Peter said. It's not Apollos. Did, did, did Apollos or did Cephas give their life for you on the cross? No. Well, that's exactly what God is going to say here to Peter, James, and John. Because uh, as we read on, uh, let's, let's, let's look and see what uh, we pick up in verse 5. Then Peter answered Jesus and said, Rabbi, teacher, it is good for us to be here. <laughs> Let us make three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Now, uh, uh, what translation do you have on your on, on yours? I'm in the NIV right now. NIV? But I can switch over to whatever yeah. you need. Uh, go over to the New King James. I'm not sure what the NIV says. I do uh, know what the KJV, the, N, the, uh, the, the New King James, and the New Living Translation say. Uh, but uh, uh, here, now catch this, okay? Uh, I'm, I'm going to have you um, read verse number 6 in just a moment. But listen to this. Peter says, Jesus, teacher, it is so good that we are here. <laughs> Jesus, Moses, Elijah, all bright and shining, okay? The law, the prophets, and the Messiah. It is so good we're here. Let's build three tabernacles. Let's build three, you know, uh, uh, places, three booths, uh, three uh, shelters, as it were. Three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah, Okay. And read, read verse 6. This is so interesting to me. Because he did not know what to say, they were greatly afraid. <laughs> uh, Peter only said this because he didn't know what to say. <laughs> I mean, just like you a while ago, in awe. Yeah. Here are these three, you know, uh, transfigured, uh, you know, Jesus, Moses, Elijah. It's Peter, James, and John standing over here, and Peter's getting all nervous. You know, he's, and he's, so here's the deal. He does not know what to say, and he's all afraid. He's afraid, and he doesn't know what to say, and he's afraid not to say anything. He's afraid to say something, doesn't know what to say, so he just pops off. You know, uh, okay, uh, hey, I, I got an idea. Hey, guys, listen, I got a great idea. Okay, point number one tonight. When you don't know what to say, don't say nothing. Uh, you're going to show somebody just how, uh, you know, uh, oh, can I say idiot on, uh, on online? I'm not sure. Okay, we better not. <laughs> you want to show someone just uh, how out of touch that you are if you're not watchful. You know, uh, and here Peter speaks up out of his anxiety, out of his nervousness, out of his fear. You know, uh, I... I'm going to imagine most people have not seen that scripture, that, that verse before. That's why Peter spoke up. He didn't know what to say. And instead of doing what God is going to tell him to do, he decided to speak up. And a lot of times people, you know, they're just afraid. They're concerned. What are they afraid of? Well, you know, uh, they're afraid of not being involved, not being included. Maybe they're afraid it's going to go one way or another way. Maybe they don't know what to say, but they feel responsible to say something. Especially if Jesus has chosen you. Mm 
Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you've been, you've been brought in close to the, you know, accepted in the beloved. Uh, can you just see Peter, not knowing? I mean, he's afraid, not knowing what to say. Yeah, it's one of those moments where you're like, should I say something? Should I not? Should I be quiet? Should I? Well, you know what? I'm just gonna say it. Just let's just cut the tension. Because you know, it's one of those moments where you don't really know what's happening. You're just kind of like. Uh, yeah, you know, you're a you're a young minister, and you're bound to experience this being in a in a group of other ministers or or other people. You're often around, you know, a lot of adults uh, growing up, and and you're young, and you you want to contribute, and sometimes you're afraid. Even if you don't say something, people think you're in, you're you're stupid. Mm-hmm. You you know you're not engaged. Yeah. Well, Peter teaches us a lesson here. Let's well, be well. Uh, look at the response here because he didn't know what to say Uh, and a cloud came and overshadowed them and a voice came out of the cloud saying this is my beloved son hear him and then suddenly when they looked around they saw no one anymore but only Jesus with themselves what a picture, you know, we can draw so much from this and you are, you, you know, you are a, 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 an expert, you're gifted at drawing things, conclusions from the Word of God and bringing them out so that, you know, your youth and I've heard you preach in here, you know, I mean, you, uh, great words and teaching our staff and, uh, you know, there are so many great conclusions we can bring out of this. But uh, what I get from this is that Moses and Elijah are important. They're still important. They weren't just important in their day when they were in charge. They continue to be important. They continue to speak into our lives. But yet, Jesus, the living Word of God, is more important and should be more exalted and more listened to. And one day, we're going to look up after that, you know, cloud overshadows. After after God, after we get drawn up into that cloud, after we see God, one day we're going to realize that the law and the prophets are gone. One day and throughout eternity, we who no longer need the law. We no longer need the prophets to tell us what to do in any certain situation or the law to guide our lives on a daily basis. You know, heaven and earth will pass away, but the word will last forever. All they saw at the end was Jesus, and that's what we need to see. What's uh, some of your takeaways from uh, from yes. the word tonight? So I basically had two of them. One was uh, it doesn't matter, left or right, Democrat, Republican, conservative, liberal. Jesus is greater than all things. Jesus is that center focus and needs to be the center focus of our life. It doesn't matter which way, if you're pro-vaccine or non-pro-vaccine, <laughs> Jesus is the center. Um, and my second was, was sometimes it's all right to stand in awe. Peter could have stood in awe of what was in front of him, of Jesus, Elijah, and Moses. 
And sometimes it's all right to it's all right just to stand in awe of the things that God's done for you, the people that are around you. It's all right just to listen. Uh, we don't always have to come back with something and say something just because we feel like we need to. We feel like there's nothing else. Nobody's saying nothing. I just have to say something just to get it out of my head. Or uh, for me, it's always I can just sit there. I can listen. I can be in awe of the moment, the things that God has done, the people He's put around me. It really is okay not to know what to say. And it is okay not to have to say anything. You know, tonight, let me encourage you. Let Ethan and I, and by the way, this was impromptu. You know, he's, uh, he, he's pulling that out of his moment. Perhaps there are some things you can pull out of your moment. What did you get? What is your takeaways from tonight? Uh, as you consider this week what God would have you do, perhaps I could encourage you one more time. You don't always have to know the answer. You don't always have to say something, okay? But realize that in the end, it's going to be Jesus. You know, it's not going to be right, left. It's not going to be uh, anything else. You can be a follower of the law. You can be a follower of the prophets. But if you're not following Christ, everything else will fade away. Everything else will have its day and will fade away. But Jesus will last forever. Thanks again for joining us for another relevant word from Pastor Ron Hammonds. Visit cotr.com and subscribe to our social media platforms to stay up to date. As well, receive more encouraging messages from our pastor and details of the work we're doing both in our community and communities like ours around the world. Today and every day, God bless.